Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, you guys, before we get to it, once again, this podcast is sponsored by Giant Bicycles. Welcome to the Ultimate Cycling Experience. How do you define the Ultimate Cycling Experience? Well, that's up to you. The mission at Giant is to help make it happen, to create ultimate cycling experience for all riders all around the world. They're builders, innovators, but they're also global community of cyclists. They're athletes, adventurers, and advocates for cycling, Tour de France racers, single track explorers, neighbors, and friends. It is true. That Giant is the world's largest producer of high-quality bicycles, but they never forget where they came from. They started small and were founded on the idea that the best way to inspire passion for cycling is to create the best products and make them accessible to all riders. That's what they did back then, and that's what they do today. Big thank you to Giant for being a part of this podcast. Also, I have to thank our friends over at Fit for Hope. Fit for Hope, a motivational tool to get you going, you guys. What better way to get out there, to get you out training, to get you out racing, to get you out striving for your goals than to be doing it for a cause bigger than yourself? Check out fitforhope.com. Our friends for the podcast. Thanks, Jake. Thanks, Fit for Hope. Let's get to a podcast, shall we? Okay, I'm, I'm a person who likes to make a lot of promises, and um, I, I have made promises, and I, I usually come through on them, but they usually take an extremely long amount of time. So, for example, welcome to another episode. The consistency is still applying, but welcome to another episode that's nowhere near the studio that I promised that we were going to have, uh, because... I haven't had time to go downstairs and complete any work. I, it, and it's not that I'm not mechanically inclined enough to finish the studio, but I just don't have the time to finish the studio. 
So welcome to another episode of the podcast in uh, the, what used to be the old studio, but now is my wife's home office. Um, I am here, and again with me once again, thanks for uh, being speaking of consistency. Thanks for being back here. Paul Main here with us. Yeah, well, thanks, Pat. I'm, you know, I'm only a few blocks away, and I'm shamed that I actually drove here instead of road, but <laughs> I was pressed for time. Yeah, we're finally getting 80-degree weather and everything like that, so it's, it's finally nice to get out. Um, I, before we even get into it, I do want to make the final announcement, speaking of my promises that I've made and some I've, I've been able to keep. Um, uh, it, God, it was a year ago in August that I was able to put this b- dream of creating some form of a, of a video series together of bike towns, um, and we traveled to Bend, Oregon, and I went back again this April to get some more shooting done, and I put out the promise that it would be done in May, and guess what? It is still May. And the episode has been released. So um, everybody... Oh, 11th go. hour there. Exactly. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. Technically, it's still May, so I'm yeah, okay. Yeah. But uh, it is, and it's, it has been posted, our first episode of Bike Towns. Uh, this one is was, of course, in Bend, Oregon. We had a wonderful time. We got to speak with some, some pretty classy riders, uh, you know, Carl Decker, Ryan Trebon, Serena, Bishop Gordon, um, Bart Bowen, Spencer Newell. I'm trying to think of all the names I'm going to probably forget. Um, and got well, to... now they get to watch the video that you have posted. Exactly. And then they'll see. Then they'll yeah. see yeah, how yeah, I yeah. screwed up. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, got to do some great rides and got to uh, rank Bend on how much of a true bike town it is. Um, you guys can listen. I uh, can listen. See, I'm, a, I'm not a video guy. You guys can check it out on our YouTube channel. Uh, just look up Pack Filler or you can go to the uh, Pack Filler website or anything like that. I think I've even posted, we've had it posted on social media, so you can check it all out there. Um, let us know what you think. Subscribe to the channel. And um, and I, I think also in there we have an email address that you can send if you think you live in a, a better bike town than Bend. And maybe we'll come and be a part of something there with you guys. Um, I'm not making any promises, but I do promise that it will happen faster than... August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March, April, May. Uh, so yeah, that's that's ten months, uh, uh, nine months. But uh, you know, it, somebody could have had a, conceived a child yeah. and had a child in that time. Well, bike towns is my baby. Right. Anyway, there we go. There there, we go. There's a nice. It's nice. almost like I planned that. <laughs> <laughs> so before we even get into anything. Um, I was out announcing this past weekend at the 24 Hours Around the Clock, the last one. I'm going to talk about that here soon. Um, I looked at your Strava, and mm-hmm. you have been on your bicycle, young man. Yeah, you know, I I had a decent ride on uh, Saturday. My dad is buried out at the uh, <clears throat> uh, Veterans Memorial um, Cemetery, oh. and so that's that Troika Loop goes by. So I visited, took a couple of pictures, and made it look like I was, you know, into all that but anyway uh <laughs> then i remember gosh pat's i'll go be right going right by past the 24 hour and there you were yeah and then I, I i poached again yesterday here i thought i was impressive i finally got out and did a halfway decent ride um on monday and yeah, memorial day hence we're by the way we're recording this on a tuesday so sorry about the consistency there um <laughs> Here I thought I did something pretty impressive. I, my my son and I are getting ready for a fondo here coming up pretty soon. It's the Chafe, and it's a, a great event. I think, and no offense to them, probably one of the worst named fondos uh, I would agree. in the world. It certainly doesn't encourage riding. Yeah, it? Chafe. Yeah, C H A F E. I want some of that. Oh yeah. my thighs! <laughs> <laughs> it's um, 
it's a great event. It's got multiple distances, uh, most notably a 100, a 150, and my, Jackson and I are doing the 80. It's uh, Bull Lake. Uh, probably a lot of listeners have no idea what I'm talking about, so I'll just get to the point. It's it's gorgeous North Idaho. It's along the lakes, along the rivers. Um, absolutely gr- breathtaking ride. We did it last year, and um, so we thought we'd do it again this year. And if, if you get a chance to check it out, by the way, if you're in the region, I think they're, they're still taking people to sign up for it. Um, beautiful event. And last year we did it, and we both felt pretty good. And my son has been away at college, so he had – He's had almost no training. I think we we all went out and did a. He's skinny though. Yeah, that's the thing that that's why the son of a bitch. I shouldn't call him a son of a bitch. That's something about my wife. No, um, he's glad the door shut. Yeah, exactly. Um, she took my studio. She deserves it. No, um, <laughs> we uh, he he hasn't been training much. So I thought, okay, we got to go out and at least get maybe sixty, but nothing too strenuous. You know, we just did basically glorified bike paths we did the centennial trail out to Coeur d'Alene town a little bit farther away from us actually we just went past state line but 30 out and 30 back and just kind of did that and I was like wow 60 you know that I haven't been riding for a couple weeks and that felt good to get out and I came home and I was all proud of myself and I see you did four hours and like 3,500 feet of climbing so yeah well I actually robbed that from a uh that route I I didn't even because I get bored doing the same routes every once in a while. I'm thinking, come on, yeah. I got to be more creative. And um, anyway, I decided to to look up Strava, and there's one guy, a local guy here, Pat O'Neill, that he and another guy did. And I thought oh, that's in my back back door practically. It's <laughs> you know. Anyway, I, I went and tackled it by myself, um, but I didn't ride Sunday because Saturday after my ride visiting you at, at the 24 yeah. hour. I had a nice three-hour bout of diarrhea. Oh. I was hollow on Sunday. Could not. I was not moving around. Hollow. <laughs> I was cleaned out. And so, uh, you did and it. then Monday, I just said, I got to get this done. I got to get this done. So It was in honor of Tom Dumoulin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You yeah. went out and you, you had yourself a Dumoulin. And I thought I was going to have a moment uh, <laughs> on the ride, but I was able to pucker up and it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen, but uh, yeah, I'm still kind of struggling a little bit with that. Really? Yeah. You trace it, it to is. trace it to something specific. Too much oats. <laughs> I'm serious. I've been like, oh, I love oatmeal, and then I, I still telling Renee, my wife, you know, can you get some Cheerios? I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm doing all this oatmeal, and and she's she's a nurse, and of course yeah. she says, I'm going. I don't know what this is coming from. She goes, uh, a high diet of oats usually does that. So really? It, it tore me up. Well, it's been going on for two weeks. Oh, good God. My intestines probably said, you know what? Screw you, bud. <laughs> oh, the oats have been going on for yeah, two oh, weeks, yeah, not yeah. the diarrhea has no, been not going the on diarrhea, for two weeks. No. Okay, yeah. because that would be yeah. two weeks of diarrhea. You'd, yeah, it'd be dead. You'd turn inside out. Yeah. Yeah. Good Lord. Well, hey, um, there's something that average podcaster, the no. listener, didn't plan on hearing. Yeah. Don't hear that on Lance Armstrong's show. All right, what's that? Uh, pass the beans there. He's having what? Diarrhea. You know. <laughs> exactly. God damn, turn yeah, that thing because off. This is definitely one they sit around the table and listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, come on, kids. You've, you're, we got, it's, race season is finally here, I would like to I would probably feel in earnest. Um, and... Oh God, I, I I hate the fact that the race season, especially here, and I don't know what it's like for for most of the people everywhere else, obviously, 
but it seems like we've got a bookend of a race season. It just is heavy in, in May and June, and then it just stops. And then we maybe get some in August, and then it's cyclocross. Yeah. Is, is, am I the only one noticing something like that? I, I, no, I, I talked to a friend of mine over in Seattle, Denny Bartlett. He was got back into it. We used to race. He was on a rebate, I think, at one time, like in the late 80s. Wow. Do you yeah. remember him? No, no, you were no. rowing boats then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at that time. But he was talking about when he got back into it, um, he was surprised at how that hole is there. And then he realized, you know, what happens is that these everybody can race and then school's out. In, yeah. And everybody's racing has a family nowadays. So no one comes to these races during the summer because, you know, they're going camping or doing, you know, the kids are home and they have to do that. And then September, everything ramps up for, for cyclocross and the kids are back in school. And that was his idea. Yeah, I mean, and that uh, shows you where the Democrat, Democratic of the sport is. Jesus, I'm all over the place tonight. Democrat. I just got done watching the news. Um, the demographic of the sport is turning to that where it's becoming older, primarily men in the sport. And they you, you don't put your kids in the car and take them to a bike race. And, and that's... It, that's kind of what brought me to this whole concept after finishing this race this weekend announcing this race is a 24-hour mountain bike race you know mountain bike versus road we can get into that that's fine but um, it has been put on consistently for 20 years and there were over 800 and some riders this weekend at this event uh, the event is a success the people who were, have been putting it on for 20 years are tired they can't do it anymore. Um, and, you know, legend. I'm glad you didn't say old because he probably wouldn't like that. Gino? Yeah. Gino doesn't listen to this show. He's oh, an okay. old fart anyway. So, yeah, I could call him old. <laughs> All right. He's, call, he's old. Yeah. Yeah. I call him old to his face. Um, and, and Wendy's tired of dealing with old Gino. So these these are two promoters here in town have been who've been, you know, single-handedly keeping this event alive for, for years and years and years. And here they are saying we can't do it anymore. And there's some... Some rumors talking about the potential of it maybe surviving, but I this just seems like a general uh, movement in the sport. And I don't when I see it's a movement, I should say decay of the sport. We have these events that have been consistently put on by the same people. Those people stop, and nobody else wants to take up the mantle and, and put it on again. Um, what's happening to bike races? Where are we headed? Are we going to see the end of this style of racing as we know it? Um, who's going to make races happen if they don't? And um, how can racing evolve? I mean, I don't know if you have an answer for that or opinions or thoughts about it, but it's it's dis it's I'm concerned. Yeah, <clears throat> I think things come around. You know, I obviously road is more my my taking, and I think I'm at the age where. You know, I'm just racing age group. It's it's time for me to pick up the torch and maybe spend a little bit more time help promoting cycling by putting on ev events instead of being selfish and just going to the events. And, um, you know, I think getting younger kids involved that, that no longer, I mean, a new breed of kids going out and, and racing. And, and that's why I applaud this mountain bike high school series yeah. you know, stuff. And whether it goes into road or not, it doesn't matter. We need to get people out on bikes, and you know, um, maybe gravel. We'll we'll put a little juice into it. I'm not banking a lot. Everybody said that with mountain bikes or triathlons, you know, and everything will yeah. taper off. 
So yeah, I, I think it's just you know, maybe people like me they just say, hey, you know, we need a downtown Criterium in Spokane. I've been thinking about that for about five years, and I've never even put one step forward to do that. I think one of the big fuck ups in this whole thing was USA Cycling removing the requirement that clubs put on a race. Yeah. You were guaranteed, even if it was of small scale, you were guaranteed. I mean, how many clubs are in this town alone? Yeah. Eight, yeah. nine? I mean, that's just a rough guess. That's eight or nine races that would have been on the calendar that are not. We have uh, road races. We have two major ones mm-hmm. anymore. Yeah. And they are, they are both our state championships happening, yep. not state, regional championships mm-hmm. um, happening here soon. That's it. We yeah. have our weeknight races, which used to be all season long, and now it's reduced to five. Mm-hmm. Correct me if I'm wrong. And um, and then mountain biking is is doing some things correctly in our region, and I'd love to hear from listeners and tell me what's what's working in those regions. Um, this 24-hour race was a success, but it's gone. Um, there's a weeknight series for May and June that they do on Wednesday nights that is huge, 200-plus riders every night. Um but that's it, and I'm 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 trying to figure out where it's going to go and where where the birth is going to be. I see growth in mountain biking, and I see believe it or not, I do see growth in mountain biking. But I definitely see it in cross, mm-hmm. and I see kids getting involved in those two sports. Other than that, you're talking fondos, and and fondos while competitive, that's not bike racing. No, and and I don't I think those numbers are even starting to drop a little bit. Um, I don't know. I would imagine. Yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know. I, I don't think there's, if there's an answer, I think there's, <clears throat> we've talked about this before, but I yeah. think our, our younger crowd are just not, it's not fun going out 80 degrees and riding for, you know, three or four hours and sweating your ass off and coming home and you're dead, you know, you're tired. And yeah. And that's not appealing when they could be in air conditioning playing videos or you know whatever then you have to do that um you know that's active youth is just not there but Uh, so we're basically going to have to turn it into a bike equivalent of color runs to get people to participate maybe fucking color runs (laughs) well you know look at the growth of zwift and now yeah there's races and stuff that i think people like these controlled environments as opposed to to be honest with even mountain bikes i have some good friends that had a really nasty mountain bike crash this year. Yeah. Um, one still in a halo after, I think, two months. Um, may never ride a bike again. 40-mile-an-hour mountain bike crash. They collided into each other, these two guys. Oh, um, shit. One guy broke his collarbone. And they were both knocked out pretty bad. So, wow. Um, yeah, I and mean, then that's, hear, that's not appealing. Yeah, you but know? you hear that You know, some people say they'd rather have their kids mountain bike race, race because – it's not dealing with cars and traffic and things yeah. like that. So that we, I think we've talked about that and mm-hmm. how debunked that is. Um, I think that, yeah, and, and you've got people who are wanting to put on races for profit. People aren't putting on races just to put on a bike race anymore. Um, I seriously think it all boils down to USAC has to make right races mandatory for clubs again, or we're going to, it's just going to piss out and I'm not going to do a Fondo on my local roads, why would I pay money to go do a regular training loop, but I get a cookie 
at, at a, a capable places throughout the thing. I, I've never Bill understood. Or something yeah, like I've that. never understood people who sign up for fondos in their own community. You're looking at guy. Remember, I did last year. But that was that was at least in Coeur d'Alene. I mean, yeah. that was a route you probably haven't ridden before. No, I, I wrote it probably about 32 years ago with this guy Duke Anderson. Okay. And oh my it was god! Like my first hundred mile ride, and yeah, that's another story for another time. But. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't go to North Idaho to ride very much. So, but that wasn't, that wasn't my intrigue. It was because there was no racing and I missed competition and I knew who was going to be there. And basically it, that's what it was. It was a freaking race. It turned into that. Yeah, of course, of you know, all of them do. So, yeah. you know, and I got to see him for about 50 miles and I was riding solo for the rest. Well, that's cause you yeah, lost your crank arm or something, right? Not until like three miles in. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And I, I also think um, I also think USAC is doing some things that are that are screwy. I think the cost of of insuring a race is insane, and I you t- you talk about a downtown crit. I would love to see that those types of races happen, but getting the the permits to secure the location, getting the roads closed, getting the volunteers, getting how many race officials do you have to pay to be at an event like that? Um, and then all of a sudden your insurance issues. It's just, I, I don't know. I, I've thought about putting on, a, I thought about a ton of races to put on. I wanted to do a gravel crit series. Oh, that would be a bloodbath. Uh, well, not, you know, it's not, <laughs> it's not super, you know, it's not 90 degree turns, but we have a great area that, that airstrip out by the 24 hour finish. Uh-huh. You could do like a, a one and a half to two mile loop. And, you know, timed race, you know, t- kind of like a normal timed crit would be. Mm-hmm. I wanted to do one that was like a four-mile loop that was a little bit more technical that people go out and, you know, and we do, to, you know, one group does three laps, the other one four laps, something like that. Um, and I've, I've thought about a lot of these things. I thought it'd be cool to do, you know, a time trial series again because time trial series we don't have anymore. But I'm terrified of insuring it, of the cost of what it would be to make sure if somebody got you know, hit by a car or broke a, cracked a fingernail or something like that, my ass is covered. Yeah, and that's what you, uh, USA Cycling is trying to suppose, supposedly do, and that's why it costs so much to cover yeah. all that. But I think we need to think outside the box. I mean, even, I don't know if all communities have that, but we have a, a uh, an actual committee. I don't know how it's funded. Spoke, greater Spokane Area Sports Association, and that might yeah. not be. That's probably the old name but they bring in the NCAA tournament uh that we've had uh, we've had uh volleyball like national championships volleyball um you know Spokane's got a great reputation with Bloomsday and Hoop Fest was the largest three yeah. on three so I think the resources are there we got to think outside of just cycling and and approach people like Eric Sawyer of that that group and say, hey, what are, and he used to ride and race bikes, you know, so, but that's where I guess I need to step in. Yeah. Do you have to turn it into, I remember a couple episodes ago when we talked with Bart, do you have to turn it into a gigantic festival party or, you know, or can we just have small races with 50, 60, 70 riders? Yeah. I think, you know, it's maybe the cart before the horse. Think about this. If you get people interested in the uh, one year that we had the downtown crit, well, five yeah. years ago or something, I had I just warming up on my rollers. People were just asking me questions. They thought they stuck around, 
and they thought it was the coolest thing. Just they random could, people. Yeah, they go, does this happen all the time? Does it? Yeah, just random people. They were down by by the park. It was by Riverfront Park. And and they were like, does this happen all the time? And I said, well, it used to, but not so much anymore. These, Their kids were just like mesmerized by me yeah. warming up on rollers and, and the speed and everything. So I think that's what would get people launched and interested in you know, maybe cycling, then then we could do the smaller. But I think if we can get a big ticket thing, this Couple is big. what I take. You yeah. Know, um, you know, that would be great. And it, what it does for a community. I mean, I, I remember that. I remember that race really well. I was actually, I was the announcer for it. But, um, but I also remember the fact that, for example, my family came down and my son was a good deal younger back then. Um, they found a place at a cafe and sat outside and watched the race go by. Yeah, and, and you know, my local... Pizza and beer joint. Yeah, uh, down, a lot of the people were down there at Ordorities, which is Irish pub, was yeah. right on on the first corner, and they they sat there and they had a blast. And they, and I still even to this day, it's been five years. They they're like, are they ever going to do that again? That was so cool. Yeah. So you know, uh, I think that's the direction to go. Create some some excitement, that type of thing, and maybe the smaller stuff will spin off. Yeah, and I guess, I, you know, and, and I think what it also needs to happen, is you mentioned it right at the beginning of my bringing this topic up, is those of us who have been racing for so long need to maybe make an effort to put something back. Now, mind you, going to a race, paying your entry fee, and participating is huge. Yeah. Uh, because I, I know people who don't put on races anymore because their numbers got too low. And, and it just... They couldn't make it happen. Um, but I also think that, I mean, you should be okay maybe losing a little bit of your, your club dues money because you put on a time trial series that not enough people showed up to. Yeah. Um, and, and, and those of us need to maybe go and volunteer. Even if you're, st- even if you're you know, standing on the corner with a sign, stop sign in your hand, you, yes, those of us who are bike racers, it will drive you crazy to not be able to race that event. But that's one race, and and if more of us do that, we will have more, more races. races yeah. Um, and so yeah, I just I, and I think gravel's huge. I think gravel's got a lot of things going on for it. I think it's 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 located in remote locations, so it's much easier to secure. I think that uh, the the popularity is there. I think it's a cross between road and mountain, and it's got a lot of stuff going for it. But there's something to be said, like you said, for those people just standing on this curb going, "Wait a minute, what yeah. is this? I want to, I, I want to do this." Mm-hmm. Um, or even watch just to be maybe they don't even want to race. I mean, maybe yeah. they just want to watch. My sister, who's never uh, seen a bike race before, came came down because she heard about it. Really? Uh, yeah, and, you know, I raced Washington Trust Classic back in the day, but she never, I don't know, whatever happened in her life that yeah. it was too busy, but that's fine. I don't ask for people to be there. But she just was, like, so excited. She thought it was the coolest thing. Uh, I had a, a kid that grew up watching me race that ended up racing. He was a, actually a track star at a high school, Ferris High School here. Oh, yeah. And, um, and he... You know, I think he even went to the Olympic trials in the 400 and stuff. He's a fast kid. Shit. He was a great crit rider. But he said, watching me race, those crits, the downtown crit, and the that just got him so excited. So I think that's when yeah. they see the speed and they see all that, you know, action, as opposed to gravel, that's more of a niche type thing. I yeah. think it's people already And they're involved. gone. Yeah. yeah. I think to stir up more people that, you know, if – 
if commerce downtown sees all these people lining up, possibly see yeah. these people lining up and they're like, Hey, open up cafes. You know, people have a little carts or something to sell their goods, food trucks, you know, that, shit like that. that yeah. That yeah. Stuff starts. And, and I think festivals you're talking, do we need a festival? And I think, it, I think today's day and age, I think we do. We need, you know, um, the Colorado classic used to yeah. have bands show up, you know, it's all women's, um, this year. And hopefully they continue on that, that same theme. Yeah. You know, just draw people in that normally won't go. You got to hook them, I guess. Yep. Yeah. And and I can see what you're saying. You know, I, I guess I'm probably talking about two different types of races. Yes, you probably do need that, or it'd be great to have that one big anchor event. And then maybe some, you know, and bring back the weeknight races. I, I got most of my racing as a kid through those Tuesday night series and they were great. And my, my that's how my son got into bike racing. He started doing these Wednesday night mountain bike races and the Tuesday night Twilight Series races, which I know some people, you know, who listen to this show who are going to tell me that weeknight racing is killing weekend racing. But the key word is, is, is racing. It's still happening. And I, I'd rather see weeknight racing continue on forever than, oh, we just focus on weekends and parents got to go to soccer tournaments or they got to go to camp outs or whatever it may be and then things just die and we just don't do it anymore and then we're all riding fondos and we're all wearing day glow and third eyes and <laughs> all that shit um you know that's all we need so yeah oh no we don't need that well i think uh i think they kind of need to be together i think that you know here i use like the pinnacle like the downtown criterion being got getting people interested you don't want to throw somebody's like, I want to try this. You throw, throw them into oh, a downtown criterium. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, so you kind of need both, but, you know, you kind of need, you know, the, it's unfortunate that we don't have any big events. I mean, yeah. like the downtown crit. I'm wondering if our Tuesday night series would have faltered if that was a continuing business. Because yeah. what, what people end up doing is like, man, I'm doing these training series because my goal is that downtown crit. Yeah. And, and when there's no carrot, no one's chasing it. You but know, the people so. who put on that that Twilight series, the same folks who've been putting it on since our club, when you and I were younger, mm-hmm. put it. That we stopped doing it. They picked it up. Great. They've been doing it, but now they're stopping doing it, and nobody's picking it up. Yeah. And and once again, you know, back to the beginning of this entire conversation, who's going to come in and pick it up? Um, and and unfortunately, a lot of the people who pick them up want to do it as a source of income. And uh, putting on a weeknight bike race is not a source of income. No, not at all. It's a labor of love, and mm-hmm. and you got to be able to just, I guess, suck it up. But I, I don't blame them. I mean, I if, if I loved racing them, but I'm not going to go out there every Tuesday night and set up a trailer and run registration and officiate and put all the results out and get everything for them. I don't like doing that either, but yeah. I always try and make an effort to thank those people that do. Yeah. I'll, it is important. I'll know. put on one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's my problem. I'm, I'm a, you know, okay. So I'm, I'm part of the problem. Um, all right. I just had to, especially after, after being a part of that race, that 24 hour event for so many years, it was really bittersweet to finish that up. You know, it was a great event. We had a lot of fun, um, but to have it all end really was a gut punch. And, um, I, I, yeah, like I said, I doubt they're going to listen to this episode, but uh, Gina Lasecki and Wendy Zupan um, did so much for the 
for the area, especially in terms of mountain bike racing. But oh, yeah. uh, Gino and Wendy also put on several of the Washington Trust Buckeye Beans and uh, Classic here in town. Um, Gino was instrumental in both our 84 and 88 Olympic trials here yep. in Spokane. Um, we had a huge stage race for years, and, and you know, uh, I think the guy deserves the kudos, even though he's a crotchety old son of a bitch. <laughs> Thank goodness he doesn't listen. Oh, God, no, I, I call him a crotchety old bastard to his face. <laughs> I do. And he's the only guy with a 357 Magnum starter pistol. Yeah, he's proud of that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's not overcompensating yeah. for anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I've never seen him naked, so there we go. Oh, um, I thought he meant his height stature. You took, oh, you took it one step dirty. Oh, yeah. Well, I meant you know when you see somebody's true height when they're naked. Oh, yeah, I, I see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, is that a hole? I think I'll go sit in it. Um, dude, let's get to the topic of the day. You, uh, you, you've been obviously the most uh, passionate road fan that I have known. Uh, especially the, you know this year you've been I always get my information from you you're my source to go to on this kind of stuff the classics obviously um, have been an epic year yeah we went into this grand tour season and after the first week of this now the Giro which I you know obviously is the first grand tour of the year I was worried yeah. I don't know about you I was concerned the first week of this it wasn't a typical boring zero. Yeah, yeah, it's usually even the zeros are excited. Even they have a hill within the first five, you yeah, know, uh, stages. But yeah, and and you and I were talking a couple days ago about doing this episode, and you said, "Okay, I got I got stuff from the zero, and mm -hmm. and obviously for those of you who have been paying attention, especially to today, which is Tuesday, after uh, Memorial Day, after the rest day, I haven't seen the stage yet." Uh, I've read about the stage. I'm going to watch it tonight. Um, and then earlier in the weekend, we've got ourselves a bike race going on. Oh, yeah. Um, so you you said you got all you had all kinds of fun stuff to well, bring what, up. The trash the talking things, alone, too. Uh, yeah, the trash talking with Nibali. Nibali's an interesting character to me. I think, you know, I found out that he's not well-liked on the Peloton. He has a ten tendency to be a little mouthy and stuff. But he's an Italian, right? I you know, miss that though. I yeah. miss the Bernardi knows kind of guy. Hey, who just... I think he has that, but not the tenacity as Bernardi yeah. know. Um, but uh, his comment that cracked me up about uh, Roklage was he was trying to get him to, you know, like attack and yeah. help him out and and you know put some pressure on. And Roklage is like, no, he didn't even say anything. Apparently, he just doesn't talk. And so Nibley's comment was, you know. It, if we're going to be together, you might as well just follow me home and I'll show you pictures of my trophies. <laughs> he can take pictures of my trophies saying, dude, listen to me. You can win and you're not going to win this way. You know, like he's, he's you can sit on my ass and, and dream of someday yeah, winning or yeah. you can get up here and help me. Yeah, or exactly. Like that. So that, that went on and on. And then they were supposedly, you know, I, I don't think Roklich doesn't bite. I like his personality. He's, he's, they call him the Iceman now. Oh, okay. Yeah, because he's just calm. He doesn't seem to even react. And people, he's, you know, he's just steady on. So um, I guess during doping control, they had, I can't remember what stage it was. Uh, Nibley went in first, came out, and he sees uh, uh, Roklage in, in the line, and they he sticks out a fist for a fist bump, and they bumped. Really? Yeah. 
but Roglic and yeah, and then of Nibli? course the take is like, you know, Nibley's like, hey dude, and yeah. Roglic's just like, I'm not gonna leave you hanging, but okay, whatever. Oh really? So in that supposedly that's what so they're saying. There's no animosity, maybe. Uh no, I don't think that's that's not Roglic seems to be that's not the what he's into, and I think this is part of Nibley. I mean, I'm gonna go deep here, and Fine. I'm, I'm I'm reaching, but I think he's. His number one priority and to get rid of is Rookledge. However, because that he will beat him in the final time trial, which yeah. is on Sunday. Yeah. He has to have close to a minute in order to get he's got to put him in the hurt. And he's I know he's trying to get him to 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 no, I can't say I know. My speculation is that he's trying to get him to burn as much energy because come come Saturday, Friday and Saturday, yeah. when the big hills will even like today is you could see what he was doing. He was just trying to just grind him down. Yeah. Um, Carapaz. Carapaz. Yeah. Yeah. Canapé. That's that's something that I don't think he really figured in the equation. And that kid is, that Ecuadorian is, is He's, doing a very good job. Yeah. And I think that's his next concern now. Now that, not that Rookledge is out of the picture, but, you know, you're going to see more of his focus now on, on trying to dismantle uh, um, Movistar, so. Um. Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You, we, we also talked before we came on air about you were talking about the Grand Tours and, and which ones are, if, if you had to pick one that you could only watch, and you mentioned that this is, this Zero. you you appreciate this far mm-hmm. better than the tour. Yeah, and, and you hear about it all the time. There's a, a guy that I know back in 89, he went, no, 88, he went, was it 88 or 89? I can't remember. No, 89, because he didn't see Hampson win. Oh, so eighty nine. He he watched and uh, he went. He's he was a professional um, cross country skier, if that's a thing. Um, and then <laughs> uh, he's been to every sporting. He's been to Olympics and stuff. And he said the most exciting sporting event he's ever been was the Giro, and they're hanging out on I can't remember what mountain that they were at, Estovia or whatever. Um, but uh, he said that it's a human feat like he wouldn't you would never seen before. And he says, and just the people and the fervor and, and the excitement around that and the people are just, he thought it was a great event. The and Tifosi are bigger, Tifosi are more pa- passionate about it than the French. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. That was his opinion. Yeah. So, um, and then I've come across, I don't know if you knew it, but I went to Belgium. You what? Yeah. yeah. So a couple of times when I was there, um, they, uh, the people I asked about the tour and they said, no, I'll never go to the tour again. Really? I went once. It, it's busy. It's crowded. It's 
you know, it is a big show. Um, but he, for watching a bike race, if you're going there just for the excitement and the yeah. experience is one thing. To watch a bike race, it's ridiculous. Do you equate it to like I've I've, I've heard people talk about, and I, I'm sorry to compare these two things, but I've heard people talk about the fans at the Super Bowl. The fans at the Super Bowl are predominantly people who have won tickets, who are work for the sponsors, who are who are rich people who are sponsors. They're not football fans. Mm-hmm. Can you could I I mean you haven't been to a tour. I haven't been to a tour. But it almost seems like the tour fans maybe might be some of the. I mean, yeah, not possibly. more, not yeah. predominantly, but it almost seems like that's the Super Bowl, whereas some of the playoff games are more exciting. Yeah, I don't know. This is you know where you're standing next to real fans. I went to a Seattle Seahawks game, and it was it was great being amongst all those people. Even though I, you know, my football vernacular isn't it quite what it should be uh but it, it was a cool experience and i would imagine that comparing that feeling with the the local fans watching their event going crazy to a, a zero maybe and then a super bowl to a tour de france mm-hmm. um do you think it's also because of the the, the riders themselves I, I i think i i said this before we went on air there have been a lot of tour de france that I've watched where seven days go by and I'm going, that's it. It's over. Yeah. I, I don't know who's going to be in pink on Sunday. Yeah. Me either. I, you know, you can kind of look around, but you don't, you know, yeah. you can see the top five. It's narrowing down. Yeah. yeah. But it is, I mean, all it takes is a crash. It could yeah. take, um, hopefully not. It never changes. You know, no one loses from a crash, but, uh, it takes just one bad day. Yeah. Um, you know, Roklich obviously didn't have a good day today, you know, but he still, he soldiered on, lost a minute 22. You know, it, it could have been way worse. Um, you know, th- that's the stuff that's unpredictable. And you mentioned actually before in the green room. Yeah. In the uh, green- <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, My kitchen. Talking about, yeah, it, talking about the, uh, like within five, uh, you know, five or seven stages that, yeah. the, you know, we already know who's won, and it, and it's an unfortunate thing. But in the jury, you can't. And I think you you didn't see anybody staring at their stem. You didn't have, you know, Movistar had control of the. They did a very good job, but like old school controlling yeah. the the brake. Nibali, if you go to watch it, you watch on the on the Motorola. He he is uh, he is uh, attacks like seven kilometers from the top. At eighteen percent gradient, I Jesus. don't think he wanted to go alone, but he ended up being alone there for a while. And Hugh Carthy from EF Education First, you know, joins him. They had a gap for a while, and then Movie Star, um, you know, slowly brought him back um, and got things under control. So, I mean, that's it was an exciting race because of that, as yeah. opposed to having U.S. Postal Discovery or whatever Sky and Sky and they just team go blood to bag. Their yep. jerseys look like blood bags. They now, rotate. So, yeah. Most people don't realize that, but they have their their domestiques rotate who takes the lead for the longest day after day. So if you have, oh, really? you yeah. control the first 100K, blah, 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 tomorrow you have the day off, they sit back and they're they're not as involved in, into all that. Yeah, It's it's a science, you know. You can't do that, I don't think, in the Giro. It's just too unpredictable. Is, is it the... What is, is it? The course then, in that case, of the yeah, I think the course and earlier in the season where people yeah. you really don't know your, you know, you don't you can try and like focus on the tour and it's 
halfway through the year you've yeah you've got a dialed you know sickness you got sickness involved you've got people crashing in the early spring you know that, yeah. i think that that throws a little like a, a wrench in the whole process and i also have to say i love you mentioned the trash talking at the beginning of this i i miss the personalities i mean chris Froome is going to probably go into the record books as one of the greatest tour writers ever um he's not exactly a dynamic person to follow i mean i don't need nascar yeah but i i I love having the peter sagans i love having back in the days the marco pantanis the the people who say stuff who who animate who are all over the place you know i i i need a I, i need a donald trump of the peloton well, uh, you, you almost had one with Simon Yates. Remember, he says, "I'm the, I am the, you know, projected. I'm going to be the favorite." Yeah, and everybody else is shitting themselves. Yeah, he's Oops. not doing so well. Yeah, yeah. oops. Yeah. yeah, but um, you got to back it up if you do talk. I mean, you're going to talk that trash. Yeah, but Did, uh, this is a a weird thing that I remember back in my really serious racing days. Do you ever f- find this? You're usually a pretty calm, demeanored kind of a guy. I don't know why, but whenever a starting gun would go off, I would find myself in a different, almost persona. I would have no hesitancy to tell somebody to their face to fuck off in a bike race. Uh Whereas if I walked up to somebody now and told them to fuck off, I'd feel horrible inside and I'd I'd worry that they, you know, they hate me. I'm the total opposite. Really? Yeah, right now, if somebody walked down the street, I'd tell them to fuck off. No. (laughs) No, I I don't, I think... uh, my mindset's more internal, you know what okay. I mean? And uh, when I'm racing, I try not to. I think there's. I think some people need to ride on that edge. I mean, know? if somebody, you know, I, I, I don't know why this trend became something. It was I took some years off of serious racing, and then I came back to to racing, not serious, but I came back to racing, and I actually downgraded myself. I I, I don't think I mentioned this on the podcast. I'm embarrassed to say that I downgraded <laughs> myself. I was a cat two, and I downgraded myself to a cat four, so I could compete in races with the guys I wanted to ride with. And I could coach juniors. I could race in the races with juniors. Um, and at some point in time, over those years I took off, there became this behavior that riders are dropping back. And if they want to get into the pace line ahead of you, they would point. And then you're just, in a Cat 4 category. They, but they, they, I saw Cat 3 guys doing this. But they'd point, and they'd expect you to suddenly open up a gap and let them in. Now, when people do that to me, it depends on who they are. I, I, that's where I become an asshole. I just, I don't say anything yeah. like "screw off." I won't say "fuck you" or anything like that. I just, I just don't open the door. They can yeah. push as much as, and I'll just shove them back out. This yeah. is, you fight if you're fighting for a position, especially in crits and stuff. I never give a position in crit, never. You it, know, but a road race, depending where it's at, then if somebody wants in, ah, oh, shit, I'll, I'll sit back here for another five minutes and suck wheel, you know? Yeah, I won't say fuck you to them, but I'll be just like, no. They'll look at me like, come on, man. I'm like, I pointed or something like that. I'm like, you fucking idiot. I guess I do say fuck you because I'm just like, no, that's not how this works. And well, did I, that? I, do you ever remember that happened in the Cat 2? No. Yeah, because you, you're fighting for position. Each category, I don't know why Cat 3 is... They gotta be any cat three that does that must just gotta just got upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> you don't, you know, even cat threes you have to fight for position. Yeah, you know, I'm not giving my place up unless, like, again, it depends on the situation. If it's like, oh no, 
go ahead and have it. You, you know, yeah, I, I'm in great position. I'm getting second wheel, but you know. I, I do remember that the technique was always to you. You get really close. It's almost like parallel parking. You get really close to the guy in front of the wheel you want to have, or the mm-hmm. the wheel you want to have, and you just slowly back away, and you kind of scare the person. To back away because they're like shit. He's too close, so they back away, and you suddenly. Maybe that's that why wheel. I crash because I never give in to that. You don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Somebody's moving in. I, I'll, I'll push him. I'll, I'll you know stick an elbow. Yeah. Or something, so, so your racing is rubbing, philosophy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's if I fought for that wheel, I'm not going to give it up because some guy's trying to squeeze yeah. me out. I'm not going to do that. But I would. Know. I would. I found myself. It was a different. It was like a, a part of my brain that would switch. And I'm I'm hearing you talk about Nibali in the Peloton, and I'm you know, I'm comparing myself to Vincenzo <laughs> Nibali <laughs> because you know because I, I minus hundred pounds I I weigh as much as two <laughs> Nibalis, but uh, probably three. Um, but I I remember being that guy who would say some of that stuff and being that persona on the bike. But then off the bike, I was you know. I ate lunch by myself in high school most of the time. I was just that guy sitting in the corner. Oh, I can see that. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'm, I'm an unattractive person. <laughs> but it, it was just, I, I, I've always wanted to know if, if I, apparently, <laughs> of this, you know, target sample, um, apparently I'm the only one who would do that. It yeah, just, it, it's a small a, sample. I think, yeah. I, I know people who just like, you know, the way you are. I, I know, you know, there's even the most mild case person i've seen this guy named scott mcspadden you know who he is yeah super that guy, oh, super man. I, I almost said sweet and uh-huh. i and actually it still feels like it applies well, <laughs> without saying i'm attracted to yeah, it yeah um but scott on the bike is a different you know he was the mellowest guy he's he's at peace he's like this totally zen guy to yeah me. he's always been that way and in the state championship one year some guy well it was a situation like what you were doing this guy trying to squeeze in he's like no he's getting ticked off it was down yeah. at yakima there was that circuit race that yeah well, that yeah they did, yeah 20 mile loop and this guy was just like not having he's he's popping off oh it, actually it was two guys in front they were arguing and 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 there he wanted in the other guy didn't want in and so the guy that said damn it i'm getting in here hooks the other guy the other guy almost crashes and takes everybody out <laughs> scott rides up next to him and punches him in the nose gives in the him race. a bloody nose <laughs> in the middle of the race the guy gets pissed off takes off and here's here's the kicker he freaking won on a solo break the, the guy, guy with a bloody nose with had, a bloody nose i didn't see that part because i dropped out because I'm, I'm a crappy racer <laughs> and so i'm sitting there and this guy comes across solo and he's got blood all over him thinking man he pushed himself so hard he got a bloody nose no, Scott punched him in the face, and the and then afterwards, like Scott, yeah, well, he made me really mad, you know, and uh, so yeah, there's people like you out there. So, so he finished uh, the race almost like uh, um, Davy from American Flyers. Oh yes, yeah. When Barry Muzzin tried to put his chin into him and <laughs> shove him off the road, and he was like, uh, and then he, he did that side punch into oh, the yeah. gut. Yeah. yeah, I've never hit another rider, ever. I have never struck another person. No, I haven't either. I've said things. I've I've thrown elbows. I've headbutted. You headbutted? Yeah, just I mean not just hard. kind of a nudge yeah, to nudge. get somebody over. Head nudge, sorry, not butt. Would you do that at at this state of and, and age and? Yeah, I would. Uh, you know, really? it depends on the race. I'm not going to do it in a Tuesday night series. That's yeah, yeah. Is. But you know, or now Thursday nights. But you know, if I was 
I guess I'm battling. I made a road trip down to, um, you know, nationals or something. Yeah. Which I, I plan on doing next year. Um, really? Yeah, I'd like to for Masters. And so where are Masters Nats? Sorry. Well, to... I, they were in. I think they were in Colorado Springs this year, and my son's getting married that weekend, so I can't do it this. Oh. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty important not to miss. Selfish yeah, little punk. Like you know, know, of all the weekends, he could have scheduled it. I know. You know, and I tried to talk. The bride about it. wanted it on that weekend. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Shit. yeah. I mean, if I'm fighting, I, I mean, I would nudge, head nudge. I mean, really? it, when it comes to push, it comes to shove, especially when it's intense, like a, a national or bigger yeah. race. You've got to stand up for yourself, but it's not worth it in, in that weekly series, and that doesn't promote good cycling. You know, you talk to the guy afterwards. You know, yeah. it's like, dude, you just don't get to nudge in. You know, you, you know, I let you in. I'm not going to do that all the time. See, I wouldn't go talk to him afterwards. Huh? Well, that's it's off the bike. It's over, uh-huh. and I just say that guy's a <laughs> dick. But I'm too scared to go talk to him now. But on the bike, I'd be like, "You fuck! I kill your mother!" You. So such what, an why asshole. does road cycling have such a, a problem with attitude? You know, these. Oh, it's elitist yeah. sport. I, I don't. Well, I do the same thing on a mountain bike, though. Oh, do you? Yeah, Wednesday night, a couple weeks ago, a guy. Um, I was passing a guy on the left, and on the right, another guy came through. Oh, no, it wasn't that one. It was um, We were on a steep downhill, really steep, rocky downhill, and I was stuck behind two slower riders. And there's really, you know, and, and these two slower riders were fairly new at the sport. We had caught their group kind of a mm-hmm. thing. And um, I was like, you know, it's a short section. I'll just let them go. You know, I'll just follow them down. And this guy went balls bombing beside us just flying by and he scared the shit out of these two new riders Mm -hmm. and i i think i said just like relax fuckhead or something like that you know and and it just it slipped out of my face i just said it and um i just i don't know why i just i was pissed at him and so i i never hesitate to say what what was that that other rider that you called a fuckhead what did he do he didn't do anything he just flew he just flew down you know he's he's because he's thinking he's thinking yeah, you, I'm not going to slow down. You're the fuckheads. You're slow. I have to pass you. You left me no re- you know. I refuse to let you make me the bad guy on this. <laughs> he was in the wrong, goddammit. Yeah. I'm always right. <laughs> it's no, your but, show, damn Yeah, it. it's my fucking show. Um, I, I was just, I don't know why. I, you know, I, I, I guess if, if, it, if I were in his shoes, it, I, he probably saw the line. He probably knew he could clear it. And he and he and he shot it, but he was, um, you know. And this is this wearing, is the Wednesday night series. Yeah, he had that's, platform. That's a he had pushy. platform pedals and 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 baggy regular shorts. shoes and baggy shorts and a, And he's faster than you, and that made you and like a mechanics inside. jersey on one of those fucking <laughs> butt down shirts, kind of like this thing I'm wearing now, yeah. but it, you know it has the name on it on oh, a yeah. patch, shit yeah. like that. Um, which means he's far better technically than I am, yeah. and I don't like him for that. And that might have been part of the reason why you said that. You know, this is my Psych 101. Oh my God! So what you're is that saying? Part of it, you're, you're jealous because this platform shoe baggy. So what yeah. you're saying is? So then the roadie I'm came mad. out on you. I'm mad at me. <laughs> I'm mad at me. I'm insecure. That's right. Wait, you want to lay down here, Pat? This is good oh God! <laughs> I have to put my head back. I'm the problem. Yes. Yes, <laughs> you are. No, no. <laughs> I'm okay with that yeah. though. No, I I understand. It, it's funny. I'm going to relate this to my my dad, who was a fighter pilot, and and this goes in different directions. But That's... Uh, I have a friend who's big in the technical, 
and he is all about watts and he's all about how do you, you know this is a better train he's more all this okay and i've had all that stuff and worked with it i just get over inundated i don't like that controlling the technical field, element the technical if you I'm, ride us at a seven or a you know you pick your number you know i remember perceived rate of exertion yeah, yeah. kind of a thing and, like and that. you know you do it long enough i think that's a big thing you do it long enough that like his discussion we're coming back from from some race i can't remember where it was but um <clears throat> he's like you know the thing is you need to get one of these like if i'm on a breakaway he says paul if i'm in a breakaway and i see 420 watts and 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 I'm not taking a pull, this isn't going to succeed. And he goes, that information is vital. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be burning some matches. And I said, I don't know what my wattage is, but I can tell yeah. by effort. I'll do the same thing. It's like these guys are just too – they're going ape shit right now, and this is – we're going to burn out. I'm not going to put any effort in this. I do the same thing, but I go wow. by feel yeah. and not, not numbers. Now, I'm not a prolific winner by any means, but – it's it's one of those things. And getting back to my dad being a fighter pilot, I was telling him about this, uh, you know, several years back. And he goes, "Well, I know when it came to pilots, there's two there's instrumental pilots, and there's seat of your pants pilots. They, okay, they both have their pluses and they both have their minuses. The thing is, is you have to know your opponent, and and because they used to all do these dogfights and stuff, you have to know your opponent, their weaknesses, and you try and get trap them or lead them into the weakness and you use your strengths against their weaknesses yeah i think that's how i race and some people are more successful by using their numbers saying yeah go ahead dude yeah you know, we're not going to sustain that so um so boy that was what, the what, how did we what, get here what, what data do you train with do you do it to, uh, do you draw up a training program no you don't I mean, just I have like, a basic it's, rule. It's Tuesday. I've got three hours. I'm going to go out and do three hours. Yeah. I have a basic rule, kind of like the old Eddie B book. Remember that? Monday off, Tuesday sprints, Wednesday distance, Thursday intervals. I'll, yeah. I'll spin. Um, you know, I try to commute when I can. Um, Fridays, I don't go too intense. I always try and make Tuesdays, which Tuesday night races I use for intervals. And then Thursdays do a different, like, hill intervals. But yeah. now that here locally, it's Thursdays, so... Uh, like this Thursday, Renee is going to take me out in motor pace. You yeah. Know, I'll just use that. And just do long, hard. Like and sometimes I always try and make Sunday my like race pace. That's one where like the last hour I want to dump everything for the whole weekend. I want to. Really? You know, if I go a three-hour ride, I want to get not totally empty because that's destructive. Yeah. But, you know, almost at race pace and then cool down. So. See, I used to do that on Saturdays mm-hmm. because Sundays – I don't know why. Because I, you got to go to Home Depot and Bed yeah. Bath and Beyond. Shit, yeah. <laughs> got to pick out candles. <laughs> That's right. Jesus, that list That's is getting tough. long already. Yeah, no, and it's um, it's interesting because I've, especially this year, although up until about f- four weeks ago I was doing really well, um, I actually had been using the Sufferfest training plans, and mm-hmm. you can do some that are not just sitting on a on the trainer, you know, kind of a thing like that. And they were really they've been really beneficial. And I like following a structured plan where I know, okay, today I've got a I've got this specific workout, I'm doing this and I I I hold myself more accountable that way. Um whereas if I just kind of free for all it, mm-hmm. I I don't. 
<laughs> yeah, well, and that's that goes back to the different personalities. I think. Yeah. You know what I mean. But is but I always did follow the Eddie B format though yeah. too. It was like okay, Tuesday sprints, Wednesday yep. distance, Thursday intervals, yep. Friday off, Saturday Sunday race pace. Yeah. Things like that, and I still find myself falling back to that when all else fails. Yeah. Um, it's just what you what you I guess schooled by. All right. Well, and I, I, because I was wondering about you, and I, I didn't want you to, you know, I didn't want you to reveal any secrets to me because mm. I'm trying desperately to keep up with you. <laughs> um, well, there's no secrets because. So I'm you're not... just telling me you just flying by the seat of your pants and it's working yeah, perfectly. It. Oh, it's not Fuck. working perfectly. No, I don't get the results that I'd like, but I'm well. sure there's a lot. There's people who can punch holes in that, but that's all. You know, at 56, I'm kind of like rooted into my yeah. schedule and. You know, and this is how I've always done it because I'm, a, you know, <laughs> yeah. damn kids in there. You don't even use on the bike data that much. I notice you've got a, a Garmin, but it's so small. Yeah, with guys our eyesight, age can't, can't read it. it. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, I always use it to record because there's times where, well, you've rode with me. If I know there's a a segment that that I've been chasing, I'll I'll hit that. I'm not like chasing all of that. Yeah, not to get the KOM normally. Because I'm not going to be able to do that anymore. To PR or something yeah, like PR, that. Yeah, PR or just see where I'm at. It's kind of like a, a barometer of how, how things are going, you know. Um, there's a certain loop, like everybody knows, like the seven-mile loop. I will, like, there will be a day once a, I try to make it once a month where I'll just go out and just hammer the crap out of it. Yeah. You know, just like a TT and then, you know, see what's happening. There's too many variables in cycling. It could be the weather. The headwinds. Yeah. Like yesterday – the headwinds were easterly, which, yeah. wow, it, it through the loop that I did in in the in the total, like, I, I, I fried really? myself, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. We It was great for us. We went out and back, and out it was headwind, and back yeah. it was like, <laughs> I'm right. the strongest man alive. <laughs> um, so do you have, do you want to throw out and say, now that we're, I'm jumping back to the zero, do you want to throw out and say what you predict is going to happen yeah, well, who's going to be in pink on Sunday? I will. And I'll say Nibali. I think he's the one that strategically is getting things scored away, uh, and I think he's he's pretty savvy on that. Um, yeah, I, I I can see. I think I see what he's doing. He's he's eliminating all the options so he can just focus on one person. Yeah. We're so used to somebody just like smashing it like Froome does and just hold to the end. And actually, Miguel Endrin was notorious for that. He was one of the first. Yeah. 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 Exactly. But here's what I'd like to see out of the Giro, or actually all races, is backstories. I mentioned this, you know, like last yeah. week when we were talking about it. So I have to – Larry Warbass. This is, these are the stories that oh. I wish we got more out of, like, races. Because all we see is, like, you know, the, the winning guys or the pink jersey yeah. or, or, you know, why did, like, Ro- Roakledge, you know, his bike failed. And, and the, the Italian newspaper t- says yeah. – we can't find his old bike. At yeah, the they're, they're assuming it's gone yeah, because yeah. of the motor. Yeah, But Motorola, I mean, uh, Movistar gave Roglic's Ro- 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 um, teammate a bike to get over the hump till he got a new bike. They picked up Roglic's bike and put it on the roof. Oh. And so when they had to finish, they're going, where's his bike? You know that it's on Movistar's yeah, car. Yeah, they, oh. it, yeah. There was a confusion there, so yeah. it's not that big of a deal. But those are the stories. They're like, I don't really care because it's all speculation. But uh, I heard the story from Larry Warbass. So the first stage, he called it a prologue, but it, you know that stage yeah. went up the hill. 
So he's full of TT biking. He's not familiar with the area. So he does it and he says, I want to ride home. He tells, you know, I'm just, I know where the hotel is. And he decides he's going to take a shortcut. Okay. <laughs> so mind you, he's on a full TT bike with disc wheels. Yeah. And he's riding. He's like seven kilometers. I don't know where the hell I'm way out. He's like out in the boonies. And these people stop and he's like, I don't know. No, you're, you're going the wrong way. Totally wrong way. Go, go the other direction. Okay. And they give him some directions. He takes a right turn. Next thing you know, he's going down a field. He's going down a field in the full disc TT bike. What? Down, yeah. Oh, and he shit. gets caught behind a gate and another gate, and he's like <laughs> stuck on this full TT, going through farm fields and stuff like that. How do you and get finally, that far away? How do you but, not just turn back and go well, park he it didn't up have, back? Well, that's the thing. He just took too many turns. He's like, oh, yeah. You know, this Good. is my shortcut. I'm going to take a right here. Oh, no, that was wrong. I'll, I'll just go back. I'll take a left here and then get back on track. No. And I've done that in Europe. It's because nothing. We're used to grids around here. Yeah. These old towns, it's like, now, wait a minute. We're south. Yeah. You know, you're sitting here. Really? Oh, my gosh. So I could see that happening. We but have urban, urban planners. They had just where the goats would wander, and then they eventually <laughs> paved it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, they put a church, you know, the Catholics yeah, yeah, put yeah, a yeah. church in there yeah. and built yeah, everything yeah, okay, around yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, to, to me, those are the stories. Can you imagine? Here's this guy. He's tired. He he didn't get back to the hotel till dark. Oh, shit. <laughs> I love those stories. There was oh, a Wiggins. There was something about Wiggins in the news. Yeah, Wasn't Wiggins there? made a comment that that uh, Campanots in the, in the time trial, the first big time trial. Um, world record. W- world out. Yeah, our record. Our, that yeah. beat. Wiggins's record. Yeah, um, said that uh, that that would have never happened. The bike change. Talking oh yeah, about the bike change because something happened with his mechanical. Yeah, um, on his bike, and so he gets a bike change as a road bike. The guy pulls it off the roof. It's in the fifty three eleven at the bottom of the hill. Oh shit! And then he like pushes him and walks away, and he's not even clipped in. And then he has to stop, and he's in this grand gear that takes somebody from the side of Tafosi to actually get him going. He's in the wrong gear. Oh, and shit. his comment was that if he was on a better team like uh, Sky, Ineos, you know, yeah, Ineos, um, that that would have never happened. Of course, Campanots. Oh, God. Said, no, no, that's, that's not it. Well, this one's for Karsten. He wouldn't have had any of those problems if he was on CCC. And there you go. Yeah. There would be no failures, which is another thing. <laughs> Can you believe how many mechanical failures? You just think back. You know, like Perry Roubaix, you had um, you had uh, uh, Ben Marca, never crashed, going into like the last six sec- sectors of the Pavés, and his derailleur goes into crash mode. He can't shift his bike. Yeah. Um, then and it's not just a Shimano. Well, Shimano seems because everybody's primarily on Shimano. Uh, Rich, Richie um, uh, Port. Port. Yeah, in in the Tour of California, he's in, they're getting at Mount Baldy. He gets over. He has a mechanical. There's some kind of something wrong with the shifting. That's a uh-huh. surround deal. Yeah. And I had a, a well, Campanarts' deal was was a Campanolo deal. I don't know. I think. I think these electronic shiftings are great and stuff like that, but man, when things go wrong, there's, you, yeah, kind of. And there's no way these guys had batteries that weren't charged. No. You know, you know that somebody's yeah. ass is on the line every night to make sure everything's juiced up and ready to go. I mean, a mechanic worth his weight in yeah. 
is is going to make sure all that stuff goes. Um, I think that's a whole show topic within itself, Jeez, talking yeah. about the fact that are we building? I mean, are, are, is technology moving to the point where everything's becoming so fragile and sake of uh, for weight for you know for all these types of of aerodynamics and and things like that? What are we losing? Yeah, I mean, even take a modern car. I mean, my favorite car. Yeah. I had a '84 GTI, rabbit style. You know. Yeah. Um, I love that car. And, and the other day, uh, Dismount showed me a picture of some guy who just refurbished one. I thought that would be a great car. Yeah. But the car that we have right now is like so much better. Yeah. Now on my on that GTI, I fixed a lot of things. I did repair. I open up the hood and it's like, um, yeah, I can do. Yeah. No, I'm, that's where we're at. And I think that's where we're at with cycling too. It's like, yeah. uh, we're screwed. You know, I but, can't, there's, there, it used to be, I mean, with, at home, I never brought my bike to a bike shop after mm -hmm. I, after I bought it Yeah. because it was always everything I knew. We knew how to service everything. If you, you know, you could rebuild your own wheels if you needed to. Sure. And, um, I won't touch disc brakes now. There's no way if something goes wrong with my brakes, it's going to the shop. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm I'm okay with a lot of this, you know. Bottom brackets, I'm still a little sketchy because they're just, you know, the the ins and outs of them. I haven't played with them enough, but um, no, I'm getting to that point too, where it's like, okay, either I have to completely immerse myself in in reeducation and relearn some of this stuff, or watch the goofy videos with Calvin Jones, my old coach on <laughs> on GCN. Sorry, plug for another network, but uh, um, uh, either I have to do that or or. I'm screwed because and and my tools are outdated now too. So, yeah, unless you have a vintage bike, it's yeah. pretty cool. Oh, well, I got yeah. plenty of those. And it's the thing. Well, we could go on forever with yeah. bottom brackets and. Oh yeah, that, that stuff, like so. I said, that's another topic yeah. in itself. But, mm -hmm. um, all right. Well, uh, did you did you actually say who's going to be in pink on Sunday? Uh, Nibali. Nibali. You yeah, think it's going to happen? So. I think it'll be tough. I think it'll be uh, um, down to the wire. I think in the time trial, he'll be okay. As long as uh, Rookledge stays where he's at, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be a threat. It's only 17 kilometer or 15 kilometer, 15 kilometer TT. Shit. Yeah, there's, you can lose like seconds, but not minutes. Not so, minutes, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, there you go. You've heard it there, you What's guys. What's your pred prediction? Um, I, I have to watch today's stage. Um, I would love to see somebody like Nibali, even though everybody, you know, apparently he's, you know, kind of a loudmouth asshole but i like loudmouth assholes apparently yeah um and i compared myself to him earlier um i'd like to see uh roglic win it just because he's the he's the new kid i, I like i him. like seeing this yeah. new blood coming into mm -hmm. things um and yeah i, I, I you know what's probably going to happen is the the guy who's in the lead right now is going to keep it yeah i think so yeah he might so you heard it there you guys um bike towns is out Bike Town Bend's is, Bend is out. Go out and Bend's. Uh, go to, go take a look at it at YouTube and, and uh, tell us what you think. Um, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, I was told I was really bad at marketing, so I'm working on this, you guys. I'm, I'm growing as an individual, and I'm trying to become a better person. Even though I just had a therapy session. Thank you, Paul. Next yeah, time I'm lying welcome, out on yeah. the couch, so I feel much better about myself. Bikes, yes, exactly. So um, everybody, you guys, that's another episode. Another week in the in the can. Uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Thanks, Paul, for being here. Yeah, thanks, Pat. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 